Hey everyone, welcome to our midweek series, uh, The Parables of Jesus, stories that stir the soul. And as always, want to welcome those who are listening on podcast, invite you to leave a rating there. And for our friends on Facebook, make sure you leave a comment uh, because the conversation is better when you're in it. So here I am talking into a camera, hoping that this is landing on the other side of it. And I always love um, hearing what you think and seeing the comments and going back and looking at them. So uh, be sure to do that and uh, share, uh, share the love with your friends as we do. So this one is going to be a world famous parable we're going to do. And those are the most dangerous because we're so familiar with them that sometimes we gloss over uh, some things that have been right in front of us the whole time. And you know, I've, I've talked about uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. We've done some parables of lostness uh, in terms of coins. We've talked about talents. And now I think that we're going to do maybe uh, second only to the parable of the Good Samaritan in terms of popularity, the parable of the prodigal son. And I usually hear it taught um, from a couple of perspectives. One would be the parable of the son. Another would be uh, from the perspective of the son. Another would be from the perspective of the father. And today we're going to look at it from the perspective of the elder brother. But I bet you're going to see some things from these other two perspectives as well. And usually um, when, we, when we hear it taught from the perspective of the elder brother, um, it's about how judgmental he was and how the elder brother spirit or mindset can block people from coming into the church because it's so critical and judgmental. But, um, <coughs> pardon me, I want to I wanna look at it from maybe a, a diverse frame of reference here. So I'm going to read it, and then let's, let's discuss it a little bit. And Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share that is coming to me, which was kind of a way of saying, You're as good as dead to me, Dad. And he uh, did it. He divided his property between them, the younger and the older boy. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey to a far country and squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to feed into his fields to feed his pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quickly bring the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son, my son, was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older brother was in the field. And as he came and drew near the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant and he said to him your brother has come home and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound but he was angry 
and he refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I've served you, and I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It is fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this brother was dead and is alive. Let's actually reread that. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this, your brother, was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So many things in this story. It's just, it's a memorable and a powerful story uh, for a reason. You know, it, it reminds me a little bit of the story of when Jesus came back from the grave was resurrected, and he appears to his closest companions, but Thomas is not in the room. And I've always felt like, how would, I've always thought like, how would that feel to be the one disciple who wasn't in the room? Would you feel left out? Would you feel like you weren't worthy of the appearance? Like there's something wrong with you. But yet it was that one disciple who encountered the risen Jesus in a special way where Jesus says, go ahead, touch my wounds. And it was Jesus' wounds that healed Thomas's insecurities. And here we have this brother who's out in the field working. And here the the son comes home, the younger son comes home, and there's feasting and partying and music, so much so that he's out in the field going, what is going on? Did I, did I miss an invitation to something important? And so he sends one of the servants, and the servant comes back, yeah, your brother's come home, and he's like, that rascal's come home? And we're celebrating him? And he's so angry, he won't even go inside. He won't even go to the party, he's so angry. And the father comes out to meet him. You know, it occurred to me as I read this, and I've never thought this before, I've never noticed this before, and that's what the parables do, I think, is they keep, keep poking at us. The father went out to meet both sons, didn't he? He went out and he, he met the younger son and put a robe on him and a ring on him and sandals on him. He met the younger son, and the younger son accepted the embrace of the Father and accepted all that the Father had to offer. But the older son wouldn't come in, and so the Father goes out to meet him. And what does the older brother do? He starts listing all the reasons that the younger brother, and he says, this son of yours, all the things that he had done wrong. He doesn't even call him my brother. My brother did this. No, no, he says, your son. He can't even own him. He can't even own his own brother. This son of yours squandered your, his inheritance that you gave him with prostitutes and debauchery. What a wretch he is. And the father says it's fitting to celebrate him because he was lost and now he's found. And then the father, I think, leans in maybe a little bit and says, when the, younger, when the older brother says, you know, you never gave me so much as a, 
you, you, you never you never give me a cookout for anything. Not even the worst cut of the, the, the smallest animal. And the father says, you're always with me. And everything I have is yours. You know, that older brother mindset. You hear it talked about, you know, it's the critical mindset. It's the one that judges. But really, it, you, you could take the younger brother away and he would still have that same mindset. And the mindset is you earn approval. You earn acceptance. You earn grace. You earn love. You earn mercy. You earn everything that's coming to you. So what do you say? I've, I've, Dad, I, I've been here working for you the whole time. And what does the father say? Son, you're, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But the older brother can't even go into the party because he, he feels that only people who live right and, and earn it and deserve it deserve those types of parties. Well, and the father says to him, I, the whole time, everything I have is yours. It's almost like you, you're so upset that we're throwing a party for your brother. Just name the day you want a party. Tuesday at 8.48, I'm there. I've got enough resources. I mean, clearly he'd already given the younger son a large inheritance. And then on top of that, he's like, here, I've got more. <laughs> An irresponsible father? No, a prodigal father. You see, prodigal doesn't mean lost, like the lost son, the prodigal son. Prodigal just means lavish and effusive and over the top. It's the spirit of what Corey Asbury was getting at when he says the reckless love of God. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It's like that love that just feels beyond control. And it's what the older brother loved so much was control. And yet the father says, Everything I have is yours. It's like you're already at the party. The, the party's already here. You're already my son. What more do you need? Everything I have is yours. It's all yours. I think maybe the younger son understood the character and the heart and the giving nature of the father than the older son did. Even though he got a lot of things wrong, the one thing he got right is the fact that his father would take him back. And yet here's a son who never leaves who doesn't feel accepted. Like he has to earn his way into approval. And how many times do we just go through our lives not realizing like the party's already here. Like everything, everything is already enough right here. There's not going to be a day where you arrive where everything will finally be right. Like you're always with me and everything I have is yours as you're sitting in the drop-off or pickup line at your kids' school or karate practice or on your way to work or as you're waiting on that evaluation or when you've lost your job or when you've gotten a promotion. All of those are trappings around the core reality that you are loved and accepted by God just like you are. And I know that that might not make some people feel better about some situations. However, it's fundamentally, inherently true that you don't earn your way to the party. You're already at the party. And everything that the Father has is already yours. So don't go one more day. I say these things to my own heart. Don't go one more day thinking, one day I'll relax. One day I'll show up to the party. The party is already happening right here, right now and you're invited to the party. 
you know, the son said, this son of yours, and the father says, this brother of yours who was lost and is found. You know, it would be a lot easier to accept the people around us, those who make tragic and grievous mistakes, those who can't get their junk together. It'd be a lot easier to accept them if we knew how much the Father loved them. It would also be a lot easier to accept the people that have it all together, that make you envious and jealous, if you realized how much the Father loved them. It would also be easier to accept yourself if you realized how much the Father loved you. The fundamental inclination of the Father toward his children is love and affirmation and unmerited acceptance. And so, I pray that this week we would wake up to the overwhelming, never-ending, prodigal, effusive, without limit love of the Father because it's real and we just have to go to the party. It's right here. Smile a little bit. You're okay. Take care, my friends. We'll see you soon.